Welcome back to another episode of the Choose Optimism podcast brought to you by Optimist International, a podcast to let you know about all the good things that are going on right in your backyard of your community. If, if you weren't thinking about it today, there is somebody in your community that is fundraising to help kids in your community. And one of the things that Optimist International does, we always start with a podcast here as I we start with a quote of what we're talking about. And today we're starting with the worst speech you'll ever give will be far better than the one you never give, which leads right into our talking about one of our biggest projects that our clubs across the United States, Canada and the Caribbean support, which is our oratorical. And I can very much say that without my Optimist Club, I probably would not be much of a public speaker. Uh, it gives you a lot of confidence doing this. And at this time, I'd like to introduce Russ Thomas. Talk about, help us talk about the oratorical in their district that we have going on. Russ, great to have yeah, you. On. Great. Good to be here. Thanks uh, so much, Shane, for having us. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have with me uh, Jen uh, Norman, who uh, I'm going to introduce and, and uh, turn some of this information over to her because she really is the... Uh, the great guru of the oratorical contest, but but thanks for letting us uh, be here and and allowing us to really brag a little bit about our uh, Sonny Coming and uh, Foresight Coming Optimist Clubs oratorical contest. And we're going to tell you a little bit about how it came to be the single largest oratorical contest of the districts uh, right here in uh, the Gateway District. So we in our uh, clubs have the largest oratorical contest in what we say is the world uh, with over uh, 5,000, you know, participants uh, uh, every year. So we have a lot of participants and we're in the schools and around the schools. And, you know, I might just could say that uh, we were just lucky in uh, the way that we made this work and got it going. But, uh, uh, you know, as most of you optimists out there know, any of the programs that work out real well, uh, they took a whole lot of time. They take a lot of energy. They take a lot of effort and uh, multiple types of communications to pull off a uh, an event with such magnitude. You know, so like I said, with me, I have Jan Norman, who's been the oratorical contest since the infancy uh, of our club many, many years, many years ago. I, a matter of fact, it's so long ago, I called Jan the uh, the grandmother. And, and, you know, I don't know, Jan, maybe a great grandmother of the oratorical contest in our area here. And, uh, you know, what I wanted to do, uh, uh, Shane, if it's okay, is just tell you a couple uh, uh, points that I think that made us the the big difference in uh, being a successful program. And uh, I'll just I, I'll just tell you what they are. And then maybe we can let Jen, uh, uh, you know, uh, give up the details on them. So, so, so many factors come involved in having a great oratorical contest. But I got a feeling that, uh, you know, maybe what Jen will talk about, and I'm hoping that she does, is is some of the key items that make and made us successful. And, and that's relationships, relationship building, communications, you know, different kinds of communications, the partnerships that we have, uh, you know, throughout our uh, our district here and throughout our Forsyth County. And uh, and last not least, the uh, the rewards of having a great and successful uh, uh, oratorical contest. So, I mean, there's a lot of details and a lot of things we can talk about. And we only got, what, a half hour? So so we're going to give you everything we can as, uh, you know, as quickly as we can. And I think you're going to uh, you're gonna be impressed and you're going to be satisfied that when you get through listening with this, uh, that it's been helpful to you. So and I can say, hand it to Well, I'm going to say, Russ, I can talk as an Optimist member, you know, chair a project yeah. in your club. 
actually have to give up and talk to and give an update. So, I mean, public speaking, people don't realize that they public speak more than they think. But the Optimist Club, your Optimist Club, can help you learn how to speak better. And we, it's an institution that we start in these schools. And like I said, you guys have a really unique situation, which I'm really excited to hear about from Janice. Okay. Thank you, Shane. And thank you, Russ. I like the great guru part, but I assumed it would get to great grandmother at some point. <laughs> We'll just start calling you the 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 godmother of the oratory. Oh, that's, that's that. I'll take godmother, right? Uh, <laughs> the great grandmother is probably appropriate, though. Uh, but you are absolutely correct when you're talking about relationships. Uh, but I did want to throw in one thing here very quickly, and that is when I started taking over the oratorical contest because the club was getting ready to dump it, and my husband said, "My wife and I will do it," which meant my wife will do it. Uh, so you were voluntold is what you're telling us. Right, right. But it really, it actually, it had done a lot for our daughter at one point. And so we couldn't see this being dropped. So, but, uh, so when it was sort of thrown at me and I didn't know what to do, I, the first thing I thought is I didn't know about, I wasn't looking for a winner. I wasn't going after having the a club winner, a district winner, anything like that. I know a lot of clubs do that. They have one person they stick with year after year. And so, in fact, sometimes when we've gotten to area contests, I've heard the same speech I heard the year before. So I know that was ideas of some clubs, but I just wanted to see all of our young people on their feet, speaking in public at a very early age. Because I think that's where you get rid of that fear of public speaking. Um, so my idea was, okay, how we're going to get all the kids involved. So the first thing I did was go to the superintendent and I explained the program to him and what Optimus does with, with the oratorical and I got his approval. So the next thing, then I went to all the principals in the schools and we didn't have quite as many schools. We had about half the schools we have now, but I went to all of the principals and carried in a letter, uh, to them, uh, that told the approximate dates we had the contest gave the title of the speeches for that year and then I read the I had in there the part about this program is recommended by both the National Association of Secondary School Principals and the American Association of School Administrators and I think that's really important because it gives a lot of legitimacy to the contest in the first place and it makes them really look at it so I got the principal's attention with this and then asked them to please appoint a coordinator from their school that I could work with that would be willing to work with the students on, on doing this. So um, when the principals would get back to me with their coordinator, then I would call and their emails and their phone numbers, extensions at the school rather. And uh, then I would call up and make an appointment with each coordinator. And I had a face-to-face, -face, as Russ was talking about relationships, developing relationships. So we had a face-to-face -face meeting. A lot of times I'd say, I just need your time for 30 minutes. And we have so much fun talking about it. We didn't, I'd end up there for an hour and 30 minutes. But um, the idea is you get the coordinator really excited about what they're going to be doing and working with their, with their kids. And when you have a new coordinator, every year you do have to meet with them one time. But then it gets easier after this because the next year you don't meet with the coordinators if you get the same coordinator back and they almost always want to do it again. Janice, how many coordinators are you working with in these school districts when you're doing this? One coordinator, one or sometimes they have co-coordinators from each school might have say, oh, well, so-and-so is also going to coordinate with me. So, uh, but I would, I just say one for each school and we have, right now we have 42 schools plus two public schools plus two or three private schools and when i was doing it we had the homeschoolers also so the you're talking close to 
50 schools that are participating in this program. That's it. Mm -hmm. That is a very impressive feat. That, and coordinating with 50 people who I hope are all a member of your Optimist Club. <laughs> now, <laughs> it didn't start out this way. As I said, there were maybe half, there were probably 20 schools in the county when I started it. But that, so it was a little bit easier for me in that case. But it, it took, it took five, six years before I really started getting the idea of, oh, yeah, I know what it takes now, what they're looking for, or what they want in a winner. So I could go back to the coordinators and speak with them again about, with a good speech, this is what you're really looking for. And the delivery of it and the presentation on stage, uh, all of that, I, I learned a lot that I was then able to pass on to the coordinators. And they would really get really get into it. So the coordinators are great, and I almost should this in reality. This is this is work for the club members, but truthfully, the schools do most of the work. If you get good coordinator, the schools are be doing doing basically most of the work for you. Because what we end up asking each school is to send one winner onto the county. Uh, when we had boy and girl contests, they had two winners. But since we went to unigender, just one gender contest. Each school sends one person to the contest. So other than advising the coordinators, we don't really uh, get into too much of that part of the work until you reach the semifinals coming to the county. Well, tell then us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about those semifinals. How do you structure those if you have 50 people participating within a semifinal? Do you have... Okay, well, we, as I said, was saying, we have a separate contest for the fifth graders and set then another contest for the mid-high. We do. We're lucky enough to have two clubs that are working together, two clubs in the county. So we work together on this. So each club has their own semifinals for the fifth graders and their own semifinals for the mid-high school kids. And sometimes you do get a lot of kids in those semifinals. But what we're working at, say, uh, the, uh, the one club will come up with, from their semifinals, they'll come up with about four winners. And the other club comes up with their four winners. So when you get, you, then the clubs combine, get together for the finals. So you might have a, you don't have more than 10. That's the rules. So you don't have, you have six to 10 students competing in the finals. But uh, everybody has, ends up having four uh, contests. Each, each club will have, well, three, we have the fourth one together. And then so in, your, in your finals, you have 10 people that you pick from, for like first, second, and third. Yeah. Do you yeah. do like a big social dinner gathering or how does that well, structure into your final? We'll get into that a little bit, but we had, I think we're going to talk about some of our partnerships. We have a partnership with Northside Hospital here and we started going to, the, we were able to get a big room at the hospital and we started going there and the clubs would, would we'd collect money from the membership. We'd have a big luncheon for the winners and this, the administration, the superintendent, a lot of people from the administration, the principals, the teachers would would be invited also, and the winning speakers would give their speech. Uh, then, as we were working on this, we had some people from the hospital come in. I'll get to this later too, but we started asking judges from the administrator of the hospital, the CFO, uh, would come in and judge for us. And one lady that I had judging one time uh, is the head of the partners in education that the hospital has. So she looked at our luncheon and she said, you know, this is too much work for y'all. We will handle the whole luncheon. We'll provide all the food. We'll do all of this. 
And I want to be there to listen to these speeches again. So that was really taken care of for us. But this was a few years after we got started. This isn't something that just happens overnight. But they handle all that big luncheon and everything that we have there. As far as presentations too, if we have a district winner, which we did year before last, well, we had, we've had a lot of district winners. We had the international winner a uh, year before last, but uh, we've had several district winners. And when we do have that, we go to the school at one of their assemblies and make a big presentation of a large trophy with the winner's name on it for the school's trophy case. We make that presentation to them at the school. And I bet you that's a huge confidence booster for those kids it, to be able it to is. stand in front of their peers like that. And the teachers also. And it's also cool that you guys have such a unique partnership with the hospital. A lot mm -hmm. of people don't realize that you can partner with a lot of different things in your community as an optimist. Yes, club. yes. and this hospital has a program called Partners in Education. And not only that, they, they run off a certificate of participation for each child that competes. They were running off a certificate of participation for us so that every child uh, that, that competes at all goes home with a certificate. And I have run into people that mothers would say, oh, my child won the certificate. And they didn't really win anything, but they received the certificate of participation at at their graduation ceremonies, and they were just delighted about it. Tell us more about the two recommendations that you were talking about earlier. Uh, the, the two recommendations. Uh, oh, the, oh, this is part of the that are recommended by the National Association of Secondary School. Yeah, in, is that in, what you're talking about? That's been, I think, yeah. that's still in our front sheet on on um, on when you get to our rules when you're reading online about the or the international oratorical contest. Well, the, the recommendations when you give the letter to the principal. Yes, wow. I put, I write, I do out a big letter for them and I'm, I'm sure, I'm always sure to include that line where it has this program is recommended by both the National Association of Secondary School Principals and the American Association of School Administrators. And I throw out one little thing now, I, that really caught my eye when, I, when we had one district winner, he was only, oh, he was really young. I don't know if, I think he was for like seventh or eighth grade, but he had won the whole district and he was invited to introduce Frank McCourt at the national convention of the secondary school principals. And he got up in stage because he was oratorical, optimist oratorical winner. He was able to get up on stage and introduce Frank McCourt, who wrote Angela's Ashes. He introduced Frank McCourt on a stage in front of about 6,000 people. Quite a Quite an experience for the young man. I, I hope the uh, practice from the oratorical didn't have him shaking in the knees. <laughs> he was just as confident as he could be. That's the thing about getting them on their feet young, speaking at an early age. They're not shaken by anything like that. Tell us about uh, working with the other clubs in your district to make this such a success, because obviously you said you had four different clubs that are working well, in this. Tell us a little bit more about the partnership with, the, with your other Optimist clubs in your region. Okay, we uh, we just work on our on, on our contest here with one other club, but thank goodness we do have two clubs to work on that because one club would have a hard time handling this many people. However, I don't want to discourage anyone else that doesn't have a club from doing that. You don't have to take on 50 schools. You just don't have to do that. You might want to start your first or second year out of two or three schools and add to it as, as you get publicity out of this and other schools want to join you, and you may do this. So... Uh, we are lucky to have the other uh, club that we work with. We split up the schools. We, we split them up every year so the same schools aren't competing against each other every year. We split. They'll take half of the schools and we'll take the other half. And, uh, so, and we don't always work with one school. We might work with one school for a couple of years and then we don't work for them for two or three years. 
We just mix them up and uh, then we work with the coordinators, as I was talking about, and we have them send one winner. We also, I will throw this out here, when we're doing this, both clubs get a list. It's a joint list. It can be from either club. A joint list of members who are willing to go into the schools and help the schools. Like if they're having trouble getting judges, we we ask them to get their own judges. But if they're having trouble getting judges, these optimists will go in and judge for them be a timekeeper for them, uh, help them with suggestions of planning how to do it. Um, This works out very well uh, for them, and it involves so many of the optimists in the work. And when I first make a packet for the coordinators, when I go to meet with the coordinator for the first time, I have a packet handwritten right there. It's not just an email. It's there in my hand, and it has the list of these optimists at the end. And quite truthfully, I make up a I always made up a simplified version of the rules. You know, if you read all the uh, rules that online, it gets pretty complicated and confusing in some places. So I've just put it in more layman's terms and given all the rules and and then the dates and the topic. And then it's the last page they have. Here's a group of optimists. Call on any of them when needed. So So that's how Speaking of all the coordination you have, because managing Mm -hmm. 5,000 on average Mm -hmm. contestants it's obviously a lot of work. That's like running a small Fortune 500 company from the sounds of it. <laughs> when do you start getting this stuff into the schools to get this process started? You have to start early. You start very early because, for one thing, you need to check before you set your dates. You need to get a, the place you want to have it, which, again, is something we've been very lucky on. But um, you want to find a nice place to have it, and you want to check the and set your dates because these nice places are taken up quickly. But one thing you want to be sure to do is check the school calendar. Uh, before I wised up, I booked it a couple of times during the science fair, uh, during some other things that were going on at the school. You know, you don't want to have it during homecoming or something. Uh, so you have to to check the cal- school calendar and be sure you pick out proper dates and you don't want to have it when they're on spring break. Um, then uh, immediately we send out the letters to the principals. Once once you've talked to the principal and they know about this, you don't have to go in and see the principal again. You just send a letter out. You can email a letter out or mail. I, I preferred paper or both. You can email it and send them a sheet of paper. Also, if you want to get hard copies of sheets of paper, something like that, where it's really written down, out to a school, you don't have to go through the mail all this. You go to the, I know I went to the Board of Administration building and there's a whole mail room in the back. And all I do is go put the papers in the, the principal's boxes. Very easy. And then they call you back and they give you the, the name of your coordinator. But you want to do that in September. So I have uh, I have the calendars. I will have my calendar written out that, that we follow every year. And by September, you've sent all the letters out and you've gotten your coordinators. By October, um, you've gotten your packets out for everything. By November, you've met with the new coordinators. Uh, any new ones, because now you don't have to meet with any of them that have done it before. The coordinators, if they've done it once, they almost always want to do it again. I've even had a coordinator say, I transferred schools this year and you have another coordinator here. Can you tell her that I want to do it too? (laughs) I just want to get in on it. Um, What you're telling me is you're going to get started here within the next uh, 15 days of getting letters out to schools. Yes. We'll, we'll get start getting the letters out in maybe a little more toward the end of September. We want to give them time to really get settled in uh, with their other things that they have to take care of. So they're ready to say, oh, yeah, the oratorical contest. But I have had teachers contacting me even before school started. Once the teachers start back and the students haven't started yet, 
they're contacting me to find out the topic and the dates because they want to be sure they have it on their calendar. So I as I get the topic as soon as the convention's over in July. We get the topic, so I'm ready to give all this out. And then the first thing, as they say, we do is get the dates and book a place to have them. Uh, which I'll throw out another little suggestion, but it's been really nice in that um, I did know I didn't know the superintendent when I started doing this, but I knew the superintendent became superintendent a few years later. And she invited us to hold the the uh, contest. She gave us the whole top floor of our new administration building. It was wonderful. We had room for refreshments. We had a couple of room for judges, a room for the kids to go, and then a nice uh, place to have the contest. So we did that for quite a while, but we've been lucky with it. Now they're giving us a new big building that they built back for the theater. But, uh, so we've been very fortunate in having that. How do you get so many judges to help judge this oratorical? Because we use in our community, business leaders, business professionals, educators. Tell us a little bit about getting the judge into into your program. Uh, That's you're doing what I would say is just right, because I I really encourage people to get community leaders. For one thing, I've been to several contests that you know, or the zone area, something where they have their next door neighbor or their golfing buddy. And you are going to have parents really objecting. If their child doesn't win, there is some reason. And it was because of the judges, they didn't win. And, uh, but when when you get uh, community leaders, uh, like, well, I talked about, we had the administrator of the hospital, the CFO of the hospital. We've had retired teachers. We've had people from the board of directors of local organizations. Sometimes we have Toastmasters. Now, I always say Toastmasters is not enough. It needs to be Toastmasters that have, you know, some maybe are attorneys or something like that. But they're not somebody that's not just going to go for the loudest voice. They're going to really hear the content in the speech. Uh, we've had people from the school board have judged. We had the head of United Way judging and United Way ended up when one of our members thought to put in for a grant. We got a $2,500 grant from United Way. They were very familiar. The people on the board were very familiar with the contest. And they said, oh, yes. They said it was a brain dead decision. Uh, We had the editor of the local magazine is wonderful to have because she prints a lot. She she writes a whole story for the winners uh, afterwards. She loves the speeches and she wants to come every year. Judge, She's she's great. Uh, We've had the head of the Chamber of Commerce, who is a past oratorical winner, Optimus oratorical winner was in another state, but he knows all about the contest. We ha- I called the county attorney one time and I thought, well, I know him. I bet he'll do it. And I called him and he said, no, 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 I'm too busy. I really can't do it right now, Jan. And then he said, wait, is this the optimist oratorical? I said, yes. And he said, I'll do it. It was just that fast and clear. So if you get community leaders, you get publicity and you don't get any complaints from parents when they hear the qualifications of these judges. So that's my big thing about getting, not getting your next door neighbor, getting a qualified judge. Somebody that actually uses public speaking on a daily basis. Yes, yes. they use it in their business. I've had somebody comes up from Atlanta quite often and judges for me that just runs a business. He doesn't have any speaking credentials, but he makes speeches all the time. He teaches class for his, his corporate Group. Um, tell us about when we are, when you, after they, uh, your, your read, you have your regional winner and what does your Optimus Club do to help them move on to the international level or the next step after this process for you guys? Uh, of course, we do whatever we can to help them. Now, we did, year before last, we had Samik Shagayar War, uh, was 
from Georgia and she went on and won the whole, or from the Gateway District, and she went on and won the whole thing year before last, won the international. Um, I tell you the truth, I am not sure what all goes on from there from the state, but I know the state, you know, really helps her out. Uh, I know if it hadn't been some quite as much of a COVID time as we were still having problems with, I think a lot of us would have gone. And how many oratorical winners have gone on from your district to win the international competition? She's the first one that's won international, but we have had several go there. Uh, what actually Dana Thomas, Dana Thomas came and visited uh, our club at one time to see how we ran the contest. And she came and visited with us. And we had that time we had a sixth grader she was saying oh they're all so good and then we had a sixth grader come out and give the speech and her jaw just mouth just dropped open she said oh he's so good and he ended up winning the this step the next step the next step he was a district winner and he ended up going to st louis and uh but when you get when you pick someone that's that young no matter how good they are they don't look the same competing against a high school senior when we had samiksha one she was a high school senior and she competed for seven years before. That's pretty cool that she competed in the program for seven years and then went yeah. on to be a, mm -hmm. a lot. And frankly, I would, if I have time, I would love to tell you about a, what a few of our winners. I always like to say this when I'm talking to a coordinator, tell them what a few of our winners have gone on to do because it's so inspiring. It's it's the self-rewarding feeling. Oh, I helped with that. Yeah, um, we've had some outstanding winners. Uh, I don't, Russ, were you wanting to talk about anybody? Or Absolutely. You... Absolutely. Russ, do you have anything to say or do you want to add? Because the sky's the limit with some of, some of these kids go. Well, if, uh, if, if, you, yeah, if, if you had the, uh, the pleasure of going to the uh, Optimus International Convention that was... Uh, we that we just had the the uh, young young lady that uh, you know gave the oratorical was one of our our, our uh, you know clubs uh, uh, winners. Uh, I think she actually was uh, Forsyth County winner, but uh, uh, she actually was the winner. And she gave her speech at there. I mean, she's gone on to go to Princeton. She plays uh, I think she plays softball or something, right, Jan? I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. She, talking to her a lot about it. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing that she's in Princeton and and she gave us. Uh, us being our clubs here in Forsyth County, credit mm -hmm. for for her going through there and to be able to accomplish what she is. So I mean, it it's a pretty amazing thing. And if they, you know, she actually when she was on stage said, you know, the Sonny Cumming Club sponsored me so many times at this, mm -hmm. and I have to thank them personally. So if you get the chance to relive that uh, that uh, international convention, you'll hear her give us the credit. And it's a uh, it's quite a you know it's quite a feather in our cap to be able to say that. And live with her all that time, and 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 be able to do that. And but Jan has many, many more. But I thought it was just I, yeah. Um, and it's well, it's not well. I have you know a few really uh, big cases like we have tonight right now. Ben and who who won? And he just won. I think he was head of the head of the 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 group, but the World Championship of Debating in Hanoi, Vietnam. You know, the U.S. team just won with him at the helm. Had the big picture of him holding the trophy, and he's won several things. He's um, the only uh, high school kid from the U.S. to be at some kind of summit in Europe now. And he got all of his start, if you remember, with oratorical. And we went to the school at the school at that time and awarded him there at the school. Uh, but oh, and that I got a letter from a boy that I worked with for quite a while who was homeschooled, and we worked with him a good bit for several years. And he went on to Notre Dame University of Notre Dame and was. Uh, on the forensics team the whole time. When he graduated, 
he uh, had gone to graduate school, but then he went to, uh, he became a Navy JAG officer. And he actually was the one prosecuting the detainees in Guantanamo. And then I got the nicest letter from him last, just a couple of years ago. He was running for the house in Florida and he wanted to let me know because he said, this is where the oratorical has taken me. And I was so touched by it, but he really went all the way back and contributed to all those years I spent with you getting me on my feet and making me talk in front of people. And he said, uh, this is this is what's, you know, this is this wonderful career I've had from it. And, but it's not just the people having big things like that. Um, you know, we had one girl, oh, I love this girl, who was talked about being bulimic. She was very insecure. She had, had the eating disorders and she, but primarily it was a fear of speaking. And she went on, she did, she won the district. We didn't go any further at that time, but she won the district and she later became, she wrote me and she became president of the student body at the University of Georgia. That's what happened to her fear of speaking. But we've had, um, you know, several cases like that. Um, where the girls have gone on to their college debate or forensic team. One girl um, worked on it for seven years before she finally won the district. And she's going to Georgia Tech and she wants to be a motivational speaker when she graduates. Um, but one uh, other thing that really had gotten to me is I got a letter from a mother of few a couple of years after her son had competed. He didn't win any big thing. He won our local contest. She wrote me a letter and she said that her son hadn't done very well in school. He didn't have much interest in school. He didn't. I remember I remember talking to him because he didn't want to compete the night of the contest. He didn't think he was good enough to do that. And then he came up and won the whole contest, just local. But his mother wrote to me a couple of years later and said his whole attitude about school changed after that. She said he's, he got interested in his schoolwork and um, he uh, his grades dram dra dramatically improved. And she was just, she said she traced it all back to winning the oratorical contest at our local level. So we've had just simple little stories like this that are just so encouraging. And I think that's a big thing that makes us keep on doing it. I think that you guys are to be commended because when I heard... 5,000 participants, I literally about fell out of my chair because like I said, we're lucky to have 10. So I, I mean, kudos to your clubs for keeping this program alive and getting so many people involved and keep making it so, so successful. Uh, I'm going to throw that one more quick little thing then. When I uh, do send these letters to the principals, this might help you. Uh, I will include a little, of course they're printed out. Everybody's getting the same letter, all the principals. I'll tack on something at the bottom and saying, working with Liz Smith, your coordinator last year was great. I hope she'll want to do it again so that he won't go appoint somebody else. He'll still let Liz Smith do it. But sometimes I have to admit, I have uh, actually gone to the principal and said, you know, so-and-so seems to have a full load. I'm not sure they have time to do it. And sort of indicating maybe we need a new coordinator. <laughs> and But when you do get a good coordinator at the school working, they'll open it. To, and we really encourage them to open it to everyone. So uh, when we find out there, people don't know about it. Actually, we ran into this with Samiska. She, uh, she had contacted me and said, I haven't heard anything about the oratorical this year. How do I get into it? So of course, we contacted her. I just said, you know how to do it. Here's the topic. And then contacted the school and, you know, the kids aren't, this, the word's not getting out to all the schools. So uh, you do have to sometimes really, you know, push it a bit to, to be sure everyone knows about it and knows the rewards. Rose was talking about $22,000 or 
it doesn't have to be that much. You might just get 5,000 along the way, 2,500 there, 500 just from winning the local. That's money talks. <laughs> like I said, you guys are running a Fortune 500 company of optimists over there and the kids. That's pretty impressive. And Russ, I've been doing an awful lot of talking. <laughs> you want to add anything for Shane? You know, um, just one thing to add, uh, Shane, and to the audience, uh, uh, you know, our superintendent here in Forsyth County, uh, our school system is one of the largest uh, you know, in the United States. And our superintendent is uh, pretty well documented uh, uh, throughout the education system in the United States as being one of the best uh, in the United States. And, and Dr. Bearden, who's our superintendent, actually has written a letter of recommendation uh, that we'd be willing to share to the audience out there. If they just give, uh, give me a call, uh, you know, I'd be glad to share that letter with them. And it often opens the door when you can find a, a superintendent of schools that really does give credit uh, and and uh, supports the system that we got in place here. So, uh, you know, if any of your listeners want to get hold of me, I think I'm in the book, uh, Russ Thomas, and I know Jan uh, uh, Jan Norman would be glad to uh, get it. But we'll, you can find us. We'd be glad to share that letter. As Jan mentioned, you know, the rewards part is it. You think you're a little nervous about getting in the door with a superintendent. When you mentioned $22,000 and you mentioned that we have a recommendations from a school superintendent who runs number one, two, three uh, status throughout the United States, it has a lot of weight and, and it will help you get in the door and make a difference in your school system and with the children uh, around there. So. That's kind of my uh, my addition, but Jan, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Russ, and thank you, Shane. Yes, thank you for being on, guys. That was very informative, and I think I found the perfect quote to wrap up our recording today. And it says, "If you can speak well, if excuse me, you can speak well if your tongue can deliver the message of your heart." Oh. So we'd like to thank Russ and Janice for being on the program today. We had a great topic and. This is a message for all of our Optimist Clubs to go out and recruit and get members and get oratoricals to show what your club can do. And it's only with the support of our clubs that Optimist International can keep this oratorical going. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Choose Optimism podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to give us a five-star review and share with your family and friends. And until next time, make sure to choose optimism. <laughs>